This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. There's no time to breathe for City as it's back to work, this time against Luton in the FA Cup. Is another treble pending or will City's reign as FA Cup winners come to an end? It's Tuesday the 27th of February. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Oliver McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. A quick turnaround this week. If you're looking for reaction to City's win against Bournemouth, as usual, you can go back on your podcast feed. You can find that as the latest episode, or sorry, the second latest episode, because obviously you'll be listening to this one now. But Adam, welcome. How was your weekend? And it's getting busy. Um, we're in we're in the mode now, even as a podcast. We've got to shake off those cobwebs. We've got to be fighting fit. And it feels like things are starting to get real. Yeah, it is that it's that time of year again. Uh with the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday schedule basically infinitely for the rest of the season. Um apart from today, which is of course Tuesday. Well, you know what I mean. The weekend midweek midweek. How about that? Is that better for you, Amos? There we go. Um, there we yeah, go. We've um, we, appeased uh, all the pedants among us. We've got to hit the the cryo chambers, the massage table after every episode and uh recover quickly or quick Recover quicker than than the human body can allow. Um, But my weekend was great. It was uh, opening weekend of MLS. We had 25,000 strong in in Providence Park for uh, the opening night of Phil Neville Ball here in Portland. (laughs) And I have to say, it was electric. 4-0 up at halftime. uh, Insane atmosphere. I woke up the next day, despite being fully sober uh, at the game, Mm -hmm. I woke up the next day feeling like I got hit by a truck I think a lot of football fans who are match-going fans can 
um, understand what yeah. that feels like. And uh, it was a great feeling. Ollie, um, Phil Neville ball sounds like something you'd find in Room 101, which I don't know if that if that um, translates over to the US or, or global listeners, but basically it sounds like somewhere that you'd find yourself getting tortured, but um, at least Adam enjoyed it. Yeah, take Gary Neville and make him even worse and even shitter at football and you get Phil Neville. Um, <laughs> at, least, at least one of them got a good manager, a decent managerial career in the end. True, true. I, I mean, I was, oh, I was saying it's been to Adam ninety before, minutes so far, Ollie. Don't get too ahead of yourself. <laughs> well, it's well, that's still better than Gary Neville at Valencia. Um, I was saying to Adam right before uh, you came on this stream, Amos, that uh, I can't Im- if, imagine telling him at the start of the English season, at least, that Phil Neville will be the manager in Portland, and he'd actually be enjoying it. I don't think you know there's enough alcohol <laughs> in the world to make anyone believe that, but there we are. Mm, yeah um stranger things have happened but we'll see uh when when phil neville leads the portland timbers to mls glory um maybe maybe one day who knows um right okay speaking of looking to guide teams to glory fa cup is back um a lesser spotted midweek fixture in this competition for city obviously um england's most prestigious the world's most prestigious cup competition getting shunned for i don't know burnley versus sheffield united at the weekend but it is what it is adam um what are your thoughts on the fa cup i want to start the sort of part one we'll speak about luton in part two but I just want to start about the sort of the competition itself because there's some sort of ranging opinions on how seriously City should be taking this. And obviously, as alluded to in the introduction, City are reigning holders of this competition. Um, difficult-ish draw, but do you want to see City go for it? It sounds like a crazy question, but is it better to lose than it is to win in terms of the grand scheme of things this season? No, I've, I've never had the mindset of... Um strategically losing um not not that i think any team has ever done that but i also don't think that come full time tuesday night um or tonight if city have lost i'm i'm going to be upset about it um I, I i have nothing but good feelings about the fa cup i don't view it as a nuisance in the way that i i do our sweet sweet carabao even though we do love that competition or maybe we once did <laughs> Um, I think we've we've since broken up with the competition, but I think it's um, cheating on us a little bit. It, yeah, it is, and it's and it's like with the neighbor that you suspected mm. it might cheat with all along. Yeah, um, the guy not to worry about. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's a competition that I always want City to win. Whether it was you know in the early two thousands when there was you know not much chance of winning anything, or now when there's a high chance of winning everything. Um, it's a competition I always want City to win, and I think it should be seen as maybe not the priority, but um, a priority, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Ollie, the FA Cup is the um, the sexier domestic competition to continue that analogy, and, and City have upgraded, haven't they? They've they've left behind the trashy Carabao and we're on to bigger and better things, and who knows, maybe four FA Cups in a row are pending. Um, but it has to start tonight against Luton. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the the, th- the thing is, the, the way I've always seen it is the Car- the Carabao Cup matters when you're in it, and the moment you're not, it doesn't matter anymore. The, the, but the FA Cup, mm-hmm. there is there is that kind of nostalgia and prestige because it was for many for many years um, when football was starting to be shown on television. It was the only game you everyone in the country could watch. Uh, for many people, it is it still kind of is that pinnacle almost, mm. even if. 
the league is has much more precedence. European fixtures have much more precedence. Um, there is still that kind of nostalgia of prestige behind the FA Cup, um, which for our generation it may not exist it may not exist as much. But you know, I think we've all got memories of the FA Cup, especially here at City. You know, we've we've had some classic run-ins with the FA Cup, whether whether it's, you know, the times we've won it or the times we've absolutely fucked it up. Um, you know, usually... <laughs> I think there was usually, probably more more of those latter times than there were the, uh, the first ones. Yeah, and they usually come against a rugby league town uh, from just down the road. <laughs> um, no no much further should be said. But yeah, I, I love the FA Cup. Uh, I want City to go, I want City to go out there, I want them to win it. Um, again and again and again, you know, I, I completely agree with Adam. I think strategically losing is a strategy that is only ever spoken about it by pundits and by people mm. online who either don't really understand the game or don't play the game, or you know they're just being facetious. Because I yeah. can't imagine a single manager or player with that sort of competitive spirit who especially at a club like City, who know every single year they have a chance to go and win the FA Cup and they're going to be one of the favourites. The pressure's going to be on them in the later rounds. I can't imagine being able to turn around to that dressing room and say, you know what, lads, we're not going to give it 100% today. We're not going to go for a trophy here because we, we you know, there's other things we can win. Um, mm. Especially, you know, to, uh, to City who've won the domestic quadruple, uh, to City side that have now won the treble. Uh, I can't imagine there's going to be a single player in that dressing room who doesn't want to repeat that fact, especially considering they are now the three trophies we have left this season. Um, it's it's I, it doesn't compute for me. To, to Ollie's point, it's also never been a competition that isn't packed with drama when it comes for City. Because if you think all the way back to you know uh, 2011 and and beating United in the semifinal and then going on to win the the first uh, trophy of the Abu Dhabi era. And then you fast mm. forward to, you know, the Wigan game and and all the drama that comes with with that. And then you fast forward to um, winning it to win the domestic quadruple. And then you fast forward to beating United in the FA Cup final to to go on and and, and you know keep your treble hopes alive and all that. And it's never really felt like you know some of the League Cup wins have felt a little like you know late February comes around it's like oh we're here we're at a cup final that's kind of random it's never felt like that with city it's always yeah. been some sort of big narrative on the line and given that should we get to the FA cup final again it could be it could be another potential treble on the line this season or it could be your trophy to rescue a season when you've crashed out of the Champions League and and fall out of the Premier League title race. So, so there's always a narrative with City in, in the FA Cup, it seems like. So it never feels like a dull competition. Yeah, I, I take the points. So I'm going to make the argument for one of those um, dumb pundits who knows nothing about football. And I guess some people will be saying, well, if the shoe fits. Um, for what it's worth, I don't, I don't think City should sort of crash out this competition intentionally. But at the same time, just looking at some of the teams who are left in the competition... Um, we could, should the favourites, and that is never a given in the in the FA Cup. We know that win their matches in this in this fifth round. We could have a situation where all of Liverpool, Brighton, Man United, Chelsea, uh, City, of course, Newcastle are still left in the competition. So, Adam, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. I guess the question isn't should City approach this game and then hope to lose because that's that's nonsense. But what I mean is. Should full time come, City find themselves out of the cup, frustrated, annoying, you know, 
that's a chance of a trophy gone. That's a chance of a treble gone. But in the long term, in terms of Champions League, in terms of Premier League, given the fragilities we know City have had with their squad this season, we've seen it. Rodri is uh, pretty much like a dead man walking alive at the moment. The guy looks absolutely cooked and an extra game in his legs, an extra couple of games in his legs, he's not going to do us any good. Um, and it's going to be a big game because of those teams I, I just mentioned, the, the probability is we'll draw one of them. That could benefit City in the long run, couldn't it? Again, Claxon, devil's advocate speaking there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an easy way to cope with a potential loss. Um, True. And, and of course, yes, if you're looking at it completely eliminating emotion, um, which the three of us on this panel have a hard time doing sometimes. Um, <laughs> Famously. Yes. Uh, then, yeah, that it, it could be a benefit to City given the fixture pileup that is already ahead of them in the month of March and will probably continue into the month of April if they get through you know, the, the Champions League quarterfinal and, and if they keep within touching distance of Arsenal and Liverpool heading down the stretch. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a way that you can kind of cope with it. I think there's a number of factors that go into it. If, if come tonight, an hour before kickoff, we get a full-strength team, Rodri, Ruben Diaz, John Stones, Holland, De Bruyne, Foden, you know, the, mm. the full works, and they crash out, I'd be a bit concerned and I would say, Ooh, what's this, what is this going to damage any sort of confidence? The first loss in, you know, a number of weeks. Um, mm. But if, you know, if Rodri's taking a seat, if your Rico Lewis's and Oscar Bob's and, and players like that come in and um, it's clearly one of those games where yes, we're looking to win, but we're also looking to give the big boys some rest considering the future that we have, the, the fixtures in the future. And then you lose two one, one nil. Eh, you can shake that off. So I think hmm. there is a way to lose this game and be able to shake it off. But there's also a way to lose this game that can severely damage your hopes in the other competitions as well. I, I think that's an interesting point. And Ollie, final um, question for this part of the show. Southampton away last year in the Carabao Cup. I mean, looking back at it, you're now saying it was potentially one of these epiphany, epiphany moments in January and February that eventually led to City going on and winning the treble. But that could have easily gone the opposite way. And morale was crashed at that point, essentially. And and this is, for me anyway, looking like a similar kind of fixture. You're playing a, a, away, a cup game away to a team towards the bottom of the Premier League. Um, although I think Luton actually have more quality than that Southampton team. You know, you chuck a few rotated players in there who haven't necessarily played so much this season. You crash out the competition. That's one less trophy to win. And let's face it, I, I, I don't know if it's an easier or harder trophy to win, but you would, you know, the look of the draw, as City found out last year, you get Sheffield United in the FA Cup semi-final as Brighton and Man United are, play, and Man United are playing each other in the opposite final. It wasn't a bye to the fi- semi-final, so it wasn't a bye to the final, but, you know, it was a decent game. City were able to rotate that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It could be it could be demoralising. And, and, yeah, Adam's right. This is a game that City should be approaching to win because losing that streak of unbeaten matches could be damaging um, more so than it, playing an extra game in March would be. Yeah, I think it's what. Yes, yeah, uh, coming up to about three months unbeaten now, which isn't, which isn't a record you want to ever lose because at this point in the season, you know, we're approaching this really decisive part of the season where every game, as Pep says, his favorite one of his favorite phrases, every game is a final, and this is a perfect. This the game tonight is a perfect example of it. Mm. Um, I don't want City to go into a game and, or come or come away from a game even thinking, you know, what it might be all right that we've lost there. You know, especially especially like this. You know, the FA Cup is one that matters. It's it's not a trophy. City have always 
one. You know, we, we don't have four of them in a row like we did with the Carabao Cup. We don't have three of them in a row like we did with the, with the Premier League. Um, you know, it's a, it's a trophy that means a lot to this fan base. It's a trophy that I think really does still matter almost. And, and, and if we get to the crunch part of it and we're left with teams like Liverpool and Man United and Chelsea and, and all the big guys, that's normal for the end of a cup draw, you know, regardless of whether it's the Carabao, mm. the FA Cup or, you know, the Champions League. You look at our run in the Champions League, which we won, you know, we had to beat Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, you know, some big, big teams. And we were, um, you know, we were, we were brilliant in those games. Um, we've had cup draws in the past, you know, we've, we've had problems with the FA Cup in the past where we, you know, we've drawn Liverpool in the semi-finals, Chelsea in the semi-finals, Arsenal in the semi-finals and not been able to make it to that final. I just think the, the bigger the game, the better, really, because it's, you know, yes, it's a harder game. And, you know, and I, and I don't want to kind of put down Luton Town anyway, because Luton, Luton are a great fun side and they make that place, their, their home ground, they make it an absolute hell for any visiting yeah. team. And that crowd is going to be fired up tomorrow because if they can knock one of the big boys out of the FA Cup, it might just give them a little bit of belief that they can go and do something special in this competition. Um, and that, and that, and that, and you know, I don't want to use the phrase. It's, I think it's the first time I've used it on the, on this episode, but it's that's the magic of this FA Cup. That's well, that's hey. why that, that's why it is the best cup competition in the world for me. Um, you know, because it puts it puts everyone on equal footing. It makes the big boys a little bit more scared when they have to go to these, sh- frankly, shit grounds. Um, <laughs> and for once, it's one of them. It's it's a it's a ground in the Premier League for City. You know, it's not going down a league two or anything. Um, I don't think there's any benefit in us losing this game, even if it does mean an extra game in a few weeks' time. There's, there's no benefit sure. to that. The squad's, the squad's big enough, frankly. And, you know, if you're going to strategically lose a game in the FA Cup, or if you're going to be able, if you, if, you're gonna, if you want to walk away from a game in the FA Cup thinking, you know what, might not be the worst idea that we've lost there. Don't mm. do it against Luton Town. Yeah. Do, it, do, it, do, it against, do it against a resurgent Liverpool. Do it against mm-hmm. a Chelsea side that are going to be desperate for any sort of success this season. Do it against, you know, just let any any of those big boys that we're not scared of, because I don't think City should ever be scared of a team, but, you know, where it's a bit more justifiable. You can't ever justify losing to a side like Luton, just like we couldn't justify losing to that Southampton side. And, you know, maybe, and, you know, you can maybe turn it around and say, well, if we'd, if we'd won that Southampton game, you know, maybe City don't go on and do the treble because they've got the extra games of the Carabao Cup. But then you've also got to think, well, what if City, what if it all went our way and City ended up winning a quadruple? <laughs> yeah, fighting, fighting words uh, as as we like. Um, so that'll do for part one. Listeners, stay exactly where you are. We'll we'll turn attention to the match itself. We've um, finished off with the hypothetical questions, and we'll speak about the actual football in part two. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. 
let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home, of course, for daily Manchester City content. Second episode of the week. Like I said, if you're looking for reaction to the Bournemouth win, you can just scroll back on your feed after you're done here, of course. And then we will um, be turning attention right now to the fixture itself this evening. Um, Adam, it's uh, it's interesting, Luton, because I think going into that game back in December, obviously I think the novelty was quite high. Luton, Kenilworth Road, first trip in 30-odd years or whatever. Now you get back-to-back games against and you're like, all right, okay, well, what what can we expect now? And, and we've seen this Premier League season, at least, that there are pretty horrible teams to play against. A very exciting team. I think Luton matches have been wonderful viewing and, and I'd quietly so the the Man City Dars in the back don't hear. I'd quite like them to stay up because it has been entertaining but it isn't one of those draws that you would have made and you'd have picked out as an ideal fixture for City at this round of the competition. No, it's it's kind of got that, that feeling of... Um... It's giving me Wigan vibes from the 2017-18 season when Fabian Delph was sent off and and City crashed out of the the FA Cup then and it's got kind of the the feeling going into it, it could be one of those nights at a a small little ground against a team that you should beat but has you know a lot of energy from the the um, relegation scrap that they're in and they've been playing well recently especially against the big teams. Um, but then again, City have dealt with situations like that time and time again throughout the Pep era. So there's a devil and angel on my shoulder because I think it's it's one of those perfect games for the script writers. But City have you know squashed the script writers plenty of times. I do think it's worth mentioning the news on Monday about Everton's point deduction um, being reduced because that will obviously play a part into Luton's thinking in this game. And we speak about City not necessarily wanting extra fixtures. Probably the same for Luton Town. Are they going to win the FA Cup? Uh, probably not. Um, are they going to make the semi-finals? Probably not. They'll be one of the lowest seeds in the quarter-final draw. Should they should they defeat City? So that maybe they are looking at it and saying the same thing. But um, as we said in part one, professional football is always most of the time going to want to win. Ollie, I, I think it's interesting in going into this game the team selection because we aren't wholly sure on this on the fitness status of a couple of players. We saw Kevin De Bruyne at the weekend. We saw Jack Grealish back on the bench, which are two massive boosts for City. But whether or not they're fit enough to start, it will have to wait until what seven pm UK time when the lineup drops. But it's the first time in a while, for me anyway, I think we're going into a fixture where rotation could be on the cards. And I don't mean Kovacic coming in for Alvarez. I mean, potentially Oscar Bob starting a game, Whisper it, Sergio Gomez starting a game. Unfortunately, there won't be Calvin Phillips to discuss, um, even though he probably wouldn't have been starting a game anyway. But it does feel like we might get to see a couple, um, a couple of different players involved. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting lineup either way because if Pep goes full strength, then that kind of signifies he's taking it really seriously. He wants he, he you know he's he's not go he's not going for rotation in this decisive part of the season. But I think we're going to see some changes come in. Um, you know, f- for me, I, th- I think yeah, the kind of big talking point when ever City want to rotate is. How do we replace Rodri if Pep wants to, you know, find a replacement for Rodri somehow? Mm. Uh, for me, the answer there, 
Um, it starts, it starts with Rico Lewis and John Stones. How, how are you going to get one of them in the team or how are you going to get, or even potentially both of them? If you want to play Rico a little bit more advanced as a midfielder, um, you know, and that, and that, and then that raises questions for the defense, which, you know, considering we have five center backs in the books does look a little bit thinner without Josco Gvardiol being fully available. Um, Pep did highlight in his press conference that he was looking good, but he's not back training with the team yet. Um, I do think this is a perfect opportunity for Oscar Bob, who does seem to be on the verge of signing a new long-term deal as well. So it'd be a great way for him to celebrate that, you know, sign on the dotted line and then try and get City through to the next round. Um, you know, he started in the previous round, did, yeah, started in the previous round, did okay. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just one of those, it's just one of those where you're going to ha- expect to see different things, I think. Um, I don't think we're going to see all of the, all of the big boys come through. I don't think we'll see Haaland, De Bruyne or Rodri all start. We might see one or two of them. Um, who that is, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah. personally, uh, I don't want to be seeing Erling Haaland out there for 90 minutes. I don't want to be seeing Kevin De Bruyne out there for 90 minutes. I don't really mm. want to be seeing, you know, even Phil Foden out there for 90 minutes with how crucial he's become. Uh, it's going to be a game to see, to kind of test Pep's, Pep substitutions, I think, regardless of which way he goes. If he starts a stronger team, when does he choose to take them off? If he starts a younger team, a weak, a weaker team as such, when does he sub on the big boys to try and make it a little bit more comfortable? Which, as we know, we've seen this season, we see they've had problems seeing games out. Mm. Adam, do you think the policy here, and as always, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle, but do you think it should be start as close to full strength as possible with maybe one or two rotations in there, try and win the game in the first hour and then sub off? Or do you think perhaps it would be better off going, start with a quote-unquote weaker side, and if needed, Kevin De Bruyne, Erling Haaland, God, even Rodri are there to bring off the bench and try and change the game should City need it. Um, I'm 99% sure in saying this won't go to a replay, so it'll be settled on the evening, which could be a blessing, it could be a curse, depending on what the result is. But um, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if either one of those sort of approaches is taken. Yeah, I think I would always go with option B. And I think in this situation, you rotate. And if you need to call on the big boys, you can call on the big boys. As ever, I'd like to kind of call on the past and call on the future when it comes to figuring <laughs> out what Pep is going to do in the present. Um, you know, I think if you look back at the board, like a Charles Dickens sort of segment from one uh, of these novels, I'm a wordsmith, my friend. Um, <laughs> I think if you look back at the Bournemouth game and you consider that Oscar Bob, Rico Lewis, Kyle Walker, maybe Alvarez, Doku, they were all on the bench. I would probably expect all of them to come in. Um, and then considering there's a Derby at the weekend, um, you know, that has to play into Pep's thinking as well. So I think he probably goes with the mindset of not necessarily Southampton or Newcastle from earlier this season, levels of rotation where it's totally mismatched and there isn't really any sort of fluidity to it. There's still going to be, um, you know, there's it, the lineup's going to make sense, but I think there's going to be some players that we haven't seen in a while. I think we'll probably see Rico Lewis in midfield because I think if, if Rodri isn't playing, which I'm really crossing my fingers, he doesn't play. I mean, I think mm. of anybody, he is the man that most needs a rest, especially heading into um, March and and the fixtures that we have in that month. So 
I think Rico Lewis can come in there to help kind of plug up the midfield with maybe both Nunez and and Kovacic. Um, but yeah, I would be I would be starting slow, and if you need to call on the big boys, you can later on. Yeah, um, I, I think I don't know if it was you. Apologies, Adam, if it was, but someone definitely said last week on this show you can almost gauge what Guardiola is thinking because of the the lineup in the past and sort of the game that's in the future. Um, some words to that effect, and I think you're you bang on there in that sense. That given those sort of five or so plays you mentioned didn't start or didn't even feature for some of them against Bournemouth, it's probably likely they'll come in, and it will just be about plugging the gaps around them and given cities small-ish squad um we are likely to see some big hitters because otherwise you're looking at the sort of team that finished the game against uh Liverpool's fixture against Chelsea in terms of just kids basically and, and we know that isn't going to happen Guardiola isn't that sort of manager um but uh, Ollie let, let's finish off today's show um speaking about the next sort of month or so for City because it's been a constant theme on on our on our podcast and, and other other podcasts and shows etc over the last sort of couple of months since the turn of the year pointing towards this run of fixtures and like a blink of an eye it, it's come round and it's and it's here this is city season essentially in the next month or so um Luton Man United Copenhagen Liverpool Brighton Man City from those six matches between now and the end of March Honestly, and, and uh, you know, we, we admire your passion and we admire your blue tinted glasses. Um, that isn't just the blue light reflections coming off them as well. But honestly speaking, how much, how, how many wins do you think City are going to get from those six fixtures? There we go. Six. Six. I think we're going to win them all. There we and go. You, you two could see my kind of optimistic, confident, maybe arrogant face right now. Maybe it's because we've <laughs> won the treble. Maybe it's just because we've got Pep Guardiola. Maybe it is the blue tinted glasses. Um, but we're Manchester City. We've we've been here before. We've done it before. We've fe- we've faced these tough periods. We've done these tough fixtures. I don't think there's ever going to be a better chance for City to have a more kind of a bigger month than we are in the next month because if, if the thing is if we get to the end if we get to the end of march and we're and we're, and we're six wins out of six from the, from these upcoming fixtures it's done we're probably going to do a trouble we're, we're likely going to do a trouble back to back um it's a bit more not, complicated than that though isn't it it, 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 well, it is there's it still is, april it, and may to come after that there's, st- there's still april and may and there's t- and there's tough fixtures in there for the league and you know we don't. We, you never know what the Champions League is going to throw. But I just I look around the Premier League, and yes, Arsenal are in a very very good moment. But they proved last season they don't have the minerals, and I don't think that squad is. Mu- and I don't think the squad this season is much better. Liverpool are obviously on the Klopp farewell tour, and that is going to have a huge impact on that game at Anfield. But just think how motivated City will be to turn up there and finally get a win at Anf- in, in front of a full Anfield for the first time in 20 odd years just think how motivated those players are going to be to want to go there know that they're going to have to win that game to you know keep this mm. keep this league title alive you know those players will want to win four league titles in a row these players they're going to want to they're going to want to put Copenhagen in the ground because they're going to want to lay down the marker to the other supposed favorites in the Champions League the other supposed favorite to one I don't think you know everyone was saying Bayern Munich at the start of the season I think they've not 
I think they've been a bit meh, if anything. Real Madrid are always going to be there, but we've done it. We've beaten them before. We should have beaten them the year before. We've beaten them four years ago when we were a crap team by our standards. Um, th- this is a City yeah. side that just knows how to win. And we've said that about a few City teams, but this is a City side that have been there. They've won it all um, very, very recently. And yes, there's a couple, there's players who are different, but th- this is these are the moments that these players that we buy, this is why we buy them. You know, this is why you bring in the likes of a Mateo Kovacic who's got experience of winning the big games. This is why yeah. you bring in, you know, this is why you bring mm. back into the, into the squad the likes of a Jack Grealish who's going to be fired up and motivated to go for this last few months of the season to try and earn mm. his spot and then, you know, try and add a few more to his trophy cabinet. This is why, you know, we kind of kept Kevin De Bruyne on the bench for so long, on the sidelines for so long, because we wanted him to be 100% fit and firing. And look at the form he's delivered so far. You don't think Kevin De Bruyne is going to be motivated out of his skin to want to deliver City, you know, another kind of record-breaking, legacy-defining, all-encompassing, you know, seat trophy cabinet come the end of the season. I think we just have to hope that, the city players are as governed by hate as we are. You know, I, I, I would hope that Sunday morning they were, well, I guess it's Sunday evening time for you guys, but uh, they were watching Klopp and, and uh, his tricky reds standing in front of the, the 40, 50,000 behind the goal at, at Wembley and singing as if they'd just won the FIFA World Cup. Um, I, I would hope that they feel it every ounce of fiber in their being to prevent that from happening again this season. Um, you know, for me personally, that's what this season has become is this is just ensuring that Klopp doesn't ride off into the sunset with another title because everyone knows my thoughts on the whole Klopp pep era. It never existed. It was the pep era and Klopp was also there, but you know, another one or two trophies this season will rekindle that conversation. So yeah, I, listen, I'm, I'm reading a fantasy series right now. And, and in this series, there is this like witch, this, this magical witch that you can go and basically ask her, ask anything of her and she will use magic to give it to you, but she will also take away something major. The main character, he, um, you know, he made some sort of trade where he can't remember his wife anymore. So everyone around him can knows about his wife that died and, but he can't remember her or know her name or what she looked like or anything. There's no amount of things in my soul that I would sell to this magical witch right now to ensure that Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool don't win the Premier League trophy this season. <laughs> Last year's treble. Oh, wow. <laughs> Surely you don't have to think about that. Surely <laughs> Liverpool winning a second Premier League title in 30 Yeah, years. but that, that second takes them off of that tier of just being alongside Blackburn and Leicester. Uh, and that's yeah, but exactly like come on. I have long I have long been very vocal about how city winning doesn't do anything for me other than the fact that it means some others didn't win. <laughs> like I'm not, you know, at the at, at the end of May, I'm not celebrating the fact that City won another title. I'm celebrating a fact that another year went by that a few other clubs didn't. However, yeah. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade the memory of the treble to the to the witch upon the mountain. 
Mm, yeah, just about, maybe. Maybe um, something else we can pluck up. If listeners tell us what you would trade, um, please don't trade your wife. That, <laughs> we're not accepting I'll, any I'll throw uh, in the any, caveat. Any She's already dead. He just can't remember her. <laughs> Oh God, don't, even worse, don't trade your dead wife. <laughs> um, anyway, before this goes off on a, on a completely wild tangent, we'll call it a day. Uh, Ollie and Adam, thank you very much. Um, hopefully we're on here tomorrow speaking about City's Treble still being alive and, and we're not speaking about people trading in their significant others, but we'll see. Uh, magic of the FA Cup and all. Um, well, hey. But um, until, le- until next time, listeners, it's been plenty of fun. We'll see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.